The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And there's screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the truth. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who goes this town tonight. Hey, welcome to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in the studio. I believe Kwame will be joining us. So a bunch of traffic uh, in the greater Phoenix area today. Uh, we've got a lot to cover. Uh, we'll talk the NCAA tournament, dive in a little bit more from our analysis yesterday. Definitely talk Phil Jackson. He just had his press conference uh, as a an official member of the New York Knicks in the front office. Um, I have some really, really interesting theories about that and what the future will hold for the New York Knicks. Talk some NFL. There were some pretty interesting uh, free agent signings over the past couple days. And we'll finish with some NBA, uh, Phoenix Suns, etc., and, and teams moving towards the playoff push and trying to jockey for position and uh, maybe even a little uh, MVP talk. Uh, first, Phil Jackson, just been sworn in as the president of the New York Knicks. Some very, very interesting things to say. He's always been a really cerebral guy, very analytical, methodical. Uh, he's well known for being the Zen master. Uh, he's he's a guy that, that kind of supersedes the actual sport itself and looks more into the theory and analytics behind it. And I think that's why he's been so successful. He won two championships when he was with the Knicks in the 60s, late 60s, early 70s, I believe. And he's always preached team basketball. He's implemented the uh, triangle offense with some help from his, from his assistants over the years, cultivated it. And it, it, it's paid off. It's really, it's using the shot clock having everybody on the court touch the ball, and constant movement. And he's made it known, and it's obvious through through gameplay with Michael Jordan and even Kobe, that it's team basketball for three quarters, rest up your stars, and then the fourth quarter they can just kind of take over. And if you look at Michael, Jordan, num- Michael Jordan's numbers throughout the years, it, it's, it's obvious that He's put, he used to put up really big numbers in the fourth quarter. When everybody else was tired, gassed, he was still at about 60% uh, in the tank, and, and, and it showed through his numbers. So there's a couple interesting points that this brings up. Number one, who's going to be his coach? Mike Woodson should be out at the end of this year. I'm surprised he's not out yet. Uh, maybe this has been in the works for a couple months, so they wanted to hang on to Mike Woodson as long as they could so they didn't have to make a coaching change midseason. Uh, Steve Kerr is the name that's been coming out. He was the GM of Phoenix. He played with he played with uh, with Phil in in uh, Chicago. He won a couple other championships. I, I believe at least one in San Antonio. So he knows what it takes to win. He's been in the front office before. Uh, he knows what the big lights are all about, and that's important in a city like New York because they expect a good product to be put on the court every night, and they haven't been getting that the fans and the team alike. So Steve Kerr is a Phil Jackson guy. Uh, who better to bring in for Phil Jackson's first front office job? Then a guy that he trusts, you know, uh, 100%. Even though he hasn't had coaching experience, 
I don't really believe that that matters. This isn't a Jason Kidd situation where he just came off the bench, uh, just just came off the court, you know, playing one day and coaching the next. Steve Kerr has respect around the league. He, he's a great analyst when he was on TNT. Again, even though he didn't have that great of luck as as the as the Suns GM when he was here, he still is a very cerebral. Once again, another cerebral guy who who knows how to play basketball and most importantly knows how to run the triangle offense like the back of his hand. It's like uh, in uh, in semi pro when Jackie Moon they they had they run the puke play with Woody Harrelson and they ran it and ran it and ran it and ran it until they didn't have to think about it anymore and just were able to run it. And I think that's what the triangle offense. Uh, it, with the implementation of the triangle offense, that will yield more team basketball in New York instead of having five individuals on the court trying to win games and more so trying to pad their stats is, is what it's uh, seemingly been like for the past couple of years with J.R. Smith and Carmelo Anthony. Phil Jackson, in his press conference, noted that Carmelo is definitely in the future plans for the Knicks, which is interesting because seemingly Carmelo was thinking about moving maybe to Chicago, maybe elsewhere. Uh, talks were that he could come to L.A., uh, but the Knicks were the last team on the list with, with, with regards to all the reports that were out. And all, the, all this is speculative. I understand that. Insiders speak, everything, everything in that respect. But if, Carmel, if Phil Jackson could do this with Kobe and could do this with Michael Jordan, I think Carmelo would be a piece of cake. The only issue is going to be Carmelo's mental toughness and his actual basketball IQ. As much as I've talked crap about Carmelo and talked down about him and and picked and picked about all of the uh, the you know the weaknesses in his game, he's a great scorer. And nobody's going to deny that. If anybody that has two eyes that watches basketball knows that he's a great scorer, he takes too many shots. He takes bad shots. He's not a great team player. He doesn't play defense. That's fine. Defense is becoming a lost art in the game of basketball, so we'll throw that one away for the moment. If Phil can teach him the triangle offense and show him that he can still put up 25, 27 points a game in this offense, this could be a scary thing for the NBA. If Carmelo can hone in his supreme offensive talent and learn a structure that the, tri- that the triangle offense would yield to him, oh boy, he could be an MVP. But he has to learn. And uh, on top of that, he needs to have the right players around him. And I, I think that the Knicks are just a bunch of guys that either nobody else wanted. I take, I take Tyson Chandler away from that because he's been an upstanding citizen. He's been a hard worker his whole career. And nobody will deny that. I just think you need some mold guys, some gel guys in New York and just put the triangle offense in action. Just watch it happen. People have, people have questioned it ever since Phil Jackson stopped coaching, but he's got a lot of championships. And yes, he's had talent. I understand that. Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Kobe, Shaq, the list goes on and on. But Carmelo is one of them. And if I'm Kevin Love, I'm looking at that and I'm like, I, I, I could succeed there. I could play with Carmelo if he's held at bay, which is what the triangle offense would do. There definitely needs to be one more all-star piece there. 
Don't be surprised if J.R. Smith gets traded next year. Don't be surprised if they amnesty him in the offseason. Don't be surprised if Iman Shumpert becomes a focal point of that team as the number two to Carmelo. Because he is he embodies the triangle offense. He's got size, he's got speed, he's long, he can handle the ball. That's what you need. You don't need a point guard. So if Raymond Felton goes to jail, they're not going to miss it. Not to say he was an all-star to begin with, but he's their point guard. 6-5 across. 6-3 six, six, to 6-5 across is all you need for the triangle offense. And there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to want to come play for Phil Jackson and wear that New York Knicks jersey. It's going to be exciting to see because this is his biggest test yet. Phil Jackson, if he's the master, he'll be able to turn this one around. And it's in the Eastern Conference, so if they weren't so far back this year already, they could make a playoff push. You implement the triangle offense, even even a shell of it, even this, just the skeleton of it, and they can make a push towards playoff time. But I, I do believe that they're too far back to uh, to make a splash this year. Just interesting timing. I'm not really sure why they did it this year and, and didn't wait. Maybe because they didn't want anybody else to snatch Phil, uh, Phil Jackson up. Jimmy Dolan's made some very bad choices in the past. And I believe that he could resurrect everything. He could pull the wool over everybody's eyes with regards to all of his previous decisions if this Phil Jackson thing plays out the way they want it to with a championship or even relevancy, even getting out of the first round of the playoffs. And again, in the Eastern Conference, it's definitely a possibility. They have some talent on that team. They just need to hone it in and, 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 and teach them how to play as a team. People will want to go to New York because Phil Jackson is there. If not Kevin Love, somebody else. And now they have a stencil of who they need to bring in there to run this triangle offense. Kevin Love's perfect because he can handle the ball. He's an undersized four, but you don't need to have size in the triangle offense, offensively, that is. It's, it's poetry in motion. It reminds me of the Princeton offense that Princeton runs with backdoor cuts, back screens, playing as a team, five players as one. We got Kwame Lasser in the studio. Kwame, what do you think about Phil Jackson going to New York? We were talking about it not maybe maybe not happening. We talked about it last week, but they pulled the trigger, and, and now it's time. So uh, what do you think? Yeah, no, it was definitely time for them to do something. It was time for the organization to go in the right direction. Phil Jackson is the right direction. Looking at his resume, um, he can only improve. It's a matter of getting the right people in that, that system, front office, uh, having hands-on of everything basketball, operational, and then getting the players, find out who want to be there. If a Carmelo Anthony don't want to be there, then let him go because you don't need that dissension when you're trying to rebuild a franchise, a historical franchise who, who's won an uh, NBA championship, who has a, a, one of the greatest places to play, uh, if that means anything, in Madison Square Garden. But you have to put all the right people in place, and I think that will be his job as far as the basketball part of his concern because – as I understand it, he has hands-on of everything. So now the owner, Doyle, he can't, 
with the five-year contract that Phil Jackson have, now he can't, you know, say you can't do this, can't do that, because Phil Jackson can walk, breach a contract. But if you want to, I think they put the onus on Carmelo Anthony to say that, you know, we're running a triangle offense. He wants to instill the triangle angle offense because that's what he's accustomed to. That was, that's what worked for him. But it's also a disciplined offense. You have to buy into it. You have to be willing to pass. You have to be willing to be in position, be in place to make that triangle offense work. You have to understand who is the guy in that triangle offense. If Carmelo don't want to take that onus to be there, now he can't be that swing guy all over the basketball court taking those shots that uh, you mention all the time about Carmelo Anthony. Now you're in a triangle. Now we're working one side of the court or we're working the other side. If we find a free man up, that's when a lot of those plays and superstars make those plays to other guys and get other guys incorporated. Uh, we've seen it dozens and dozens of times with the uh, Phil Jackson in, in his offense. Now he's a, he's a head of the uh, basketball operation now. He's not on the floor, but like Pat Riley, you can see some uh, resemblance of Pat Riley's offense in Miami when he first got there. Now he let Sproso take control of everything, uh, most of the things, and these guys win championships. So that's the main goal. I think it's an upgrade for the New York Knicks. The main goal is to eventually, within that five years, be uh, relevant to win an NBA championship. You still have to go get through the East is weak, but you still have to get through the New York Knicks and the Indiana Pacers. I mean, I'm sorry, the Miami Heat and Indiana Pacers. Yeah, uh, we have to take a break. On the other side, I want to talk about Carmelo. I want to talk about what this means for Chicago. And if Phil Jackson just burned them once again, Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk, Alex Clancy, Kwame Lasseter in studio. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Hi, I'm Joe Swedish, CEO of WellPoint. We proudly support the March of Dimes and all they do to reduce the rate of premature birth in the United States. Though premature births have recently declined, still half a million babies are born too soon each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs that help moms and their babies live healthier lives. Please visit MarchofDimes.com and join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Arms, arms, arms. 
Welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy, Kwame Lasseter in studio. We just talked Phil Jackson going to the Knicks. Uh, really quick to, to finish that up. So Carmelo, there were talks about him going to Chicago. I do believe that this will be the final decision for everybody who thinks anything about Carmelo Anthony. If he goes to Chicago now, you know he just wants to score baskets. You know he just wants to put points on the board. You know he doesn't care about winning. I mean, is that fair to say? Because Phil Jackson is the great, is the winningest coach of all time. Correct? So he's the Zen master. I, I believe. So, go ahead. No, no, no. no I mean, I, I, so it's like, do you want to win? Do you want to be taught how to play basketball after 12, 13 years in the league? Or do you want to continue doing what you're doing and thinking it's going to change? Because, you know, uh, insanity. Wherever Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony goes, he's, he's the man, uh, if you will. He can score. Um, but now in this situation, he's maybe a self-proclaimed the man. Maybe because I hit more points than most people on my team most nights and, and day that I play, I'm the man. Now, be it with Phil Jackson in New York, you can be seen as the man because his offense is going to run through you. This triangle offense. So if Phil Jackson, and I want to say if he can get the coach to run that offense because most times you want to get the coach to uh, run his style of basketball, but Phil Jackson is in charge of basketball operations, so if he's not going to run it, then he's going to find a coach that's going to run it. Steve, Nur- Steve Curry names come up, but that's, I think that's by association because of the relationship they have. He's going to find a coach that's going to run that triangle offense and understand it's just like him. There was a guy sitting on his bench that played with him. Uh, I think he ended up getting a coaching job. What is Brian it? Shaw. Brian Shaw. Yeah, I was going to. Brian yeah. Shaw will be a Poor great guy. Poor guy. He just got his first job, and now Phil Jackson's yeah, doing this. But they can buy him out. Oh, <laughs> they can buy him perfect. out. Perfect. I I agree. I thought yeah. that too. Brian Shaw. Now, if Carmelo Anthony wants to be seen as the man and not heard as the man, then he stays in. He stays in New York because the offense is going to run through him. And it, and just if you have some time and you have that patience, you get to play against Carmelo Anthony. I mean, you, I'm sorry. You get to play against Miami Heat. You get to play against Indiana Pacers. You're playing against some of the best guys in the East. I know the West is a lot tougher. There's more more individual players, but team wise, you're talking about the best teams. That's that's probably going to win. I think the championship will come out of the East, whether it's going to be the Miami Heat or the Indiana Pacers. I think it will. Now, Carmelo Anthony want to be seen as the best guy. You have to play against most of those best guys. You do have West Coast travel trips that you will play in, but he going to Chicago is not a bad thing. You're not going to be the man there. Derrick Rose is still a man. Now, could he work with another guy who's just as important as he is on that basketball court? Could it? Be, it's not a Scotty and Jordan or Jordan and Scotty relationship because you still got two guys who's in their prime with high egos, high expectation for themselves, and they got to put that expectation for themselves, got it towards more of a team thing, a team concept where you do win. You can't go there, Carmelo Anthony, and mess up a defensive scheme that's working well for the Chicago and Tom Thibodeau, what he does over there defensively. You got to go there and add as far as the offense part of it. Yeah, but why wouldn't you just stay in New York and then have somebody come to you? Well, he stays in New York. Well, I, I would like that. I would like to see that because I well, like to see all those guys, those so-called superstars that stay in a certain place and teams come to them. Uh, Miami goes to Dwayne team, but that's that's a great fit because he brings Bosch with him. Now you have your big three. Um, Kobe used to bring guys there. Dwayne Wade brought Shaq there to Miami. So I like to see Carmelo Anthony be one of those guys who say, I'm from New York. This is my New York team. Bring me some guys. So it's not a Cleveland, situ- Cleveland uh, Cavaliers situation right. with LeBron. But I like to see 
And it won't be because he got Phil Jackson now. So I like to see players want to play there in New York because Phil Jackson there, Carmelo Anthony there, there's some guys they understand that concept because they know they're going to eventually be a winning franchise. Yeah, man. I mean, and, you know, it, it, the the most interesting thing to me as a, as a basketball lover is can the triangle translate? Can it translate? We don't. We don't get to see who. What team was better, the '96 Bulls or the 2002 Lakers? You know, the '91 Bulls or the 2002 Lakers. They ran the same offense. That's one thing that's kept throughout basketball history, at least since the early '90s when when this was implemented. 2014 and 1992 is a long way away. So many things changed in the in the game of basketball. It'll be interesting to see if the triangle will translate into winning now, or if the players are just so freakishly talented now more so than then that it won't work I mean I do believe it's going to work it'll just be interesting to see if, if they can run it effectively with the people that they have or if they have if they have to release everybody and bring a whole new team in to run this offense the, the guys are talented now I think they're more talented now but they don't have but the it's experience. raw yeah it's, it's raw, raw. Time. they don't have the experience to come with it and, and we talked about that quite a few times on this show that one more year of school is not going to hurt you. It, but I don't understand your comfort. I don't understand your, your your relationship, your background, the things that you have to have now that you can get by going professionally. One more school is not going to hurt you. You are more talented than the guys that came in before you, but you don't have nearly the experience those guys have to win consistent ball games. The Phoenix Suns just went on a just had a four game, uh, four games in what is it, three night what three nights, uh, four games they just had four game road trip. Four and five. Four I out of five. Four and yeah. six. And you have to be able to do those things and, and win most of those games. I know on the road sometimes it gets tough, it gets hard to travel, it gets long. But you have to be able to consistently be in those ball games and then be able to pull them out on the road. And these younger guys are not going to be able to do that. They're going to be dead. They're going to be uh, uh, exhausted from the college level to the pro- professional level. Like, Talented-wise, yes. Experience-wise and becoming a professional, not right away. Yeah. The University of Central Florida's Institute for Diversity and Ethics in Sport said in a report Monday that eight teams that made the 2014 men's bracket fall below the NCAA mandated academic process rate score of 930, equivalent to 50% graduation rate. Are you... Okay, so this this is putting things in numbers. This is putting things on paper that we've been talking about forever. And your comment of kids staying in college for one more year, that, again, wouldn't allow them to graduate in two years, obviously. Three years, I think maybe three or four players in the NBA right now have graduated graduated in three years. Um, Emeka Okafor, Elton Brand, I think, are two of them. you got this a lot is, of guys on the Florida basketball team who are seniors right now. I'd like to be interested in the, you stayed there and you're a senior. Um, are you graduating on time? Yeah, and, and so this obviously shows that it's athlete-student, not student-athlete. And, and I think we know this. It's a money-making venture in the NCAA, the, the best nonprofit organization in, in America. Um, I don't understand how this can fly. Uh, if, you don't, if you don't fulfill the standard, then why are you playing in the NCAA tournament? How are you playing on it? Because they're, they, they're season over. They probably dropped out of class. And, and I don't, I, there's ways around a lot of that nonsense. I don't understand it. If you if you one of those eight teams that you mentioned, um, how are you able to play? What what fran- what franchise? What organization? What collegiate institute? Higher learning will let those guys play in that game to sacrifice being in that game. Cal Poly, Coastal Carolina, North Carolina Central, Oklahoma State, Providence, Texas Southern, Connecticut, and Oregon. Okay, so and I, I've talked about this before, and it, it's not. 
it's not dogging these schools, but these schools aren't Stanford. These schools are not Duke. These schools aren't the University of North Carolina. You know, these schools aren't as difficult to, to glide through. And, I mean, you, you'd have to agree with that, that some of these schools on this list are not Ivy League schools. I mean, most, most schools aren't Ivy League schools, but when you have Stanford, when you have UCLA, when you have schools like that in the, in the Pac-12 predominantly or the, the, UC, the UC system, and obviously that's West Coast bias, I understand that. See, I'm not one. Students can get away with more, in my opinion, in schools like that that are on this list than in schools with, high, with higher education expectations and higher uh, uh, you know, um, expectations on, in, in getting in the school. See, I'm, I'm not one to buy into the um, Ivy League uh, image or, uh, versus another university, unless we're talking about Stanford and, and uh, some type of junior college. But I, I think you have to – the work is the work. The, 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 the Ivy League image comes with what am I going to do, who can I talk to when I'm out, Who's all, who, are the, who are the people that I come in contact while I'm there, who are my alumni while I'm away. That's when it, those things – benefit when I graduate I can go talk to my Ivy League alumni who probably has a, a good job or who probably can put me in touch with somebody else I think that's all for the good uh, to say as an Ivy League but I think the um, I also believe that the professors the the chancellors the, the administration those, those guys are accountable they are accountable for if you're not going to play basketball, if you're not going to go to school, you're not going to play basketball. If you're not going to go to school, you're not going to play football or any sport. Uh, so you got to be accountable to that and hold your own school to a higher standard and not just an athletic. We talk about some of those, so some of those athletically great schools, institutions, uh, collegiate programs, but you got to be held to that counter. You can control that by holding yourself to a higher level if you say, well, don't come here if you don't plan on going to school. Don't come here if you don't plan on staying two years. It's not to hold them hostage because I'm both. You think ways. John Calipari says that at Kentucky? Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. No. You don't but have I'm to saying, go. You don't have I'm, to go I'm to class. With them, but I'm with them on. I'm 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 in a rock and a hard place as far as when I talk about this. My brain, my left brain, saying one thing. My other saying, you just said the other last week because I'm I'm torn between the two. You can't tell. You go to school to make money. So if I got a chance to come out and make money, some real money. Um, I got to have also sense enough, and I might not have sense enough, to have the right people around me so the money I do make, that I can, it sustains the rest of my life. I can turn 10 into 20 million, 20 million into 50, um, 30 million. I, I got to be able to take that money and make it work for me and understand that I, I, there's no problem with me being on a budget for a little while. So if you go to school to get to the NFL— Okay, just say I'm talking about you. Say you're going to this school to get the NFL, and then now I'm not talking about you. Let's use myself uh, no. for an example. Okay, so you go to Kansas, mm-hmm. okay, and and your craft is football. Okay, that that's what your craft is. That's what your career is going to be. Why would you not stay to learn the craft? No, I'm not talking about. I'm talking about college as a whole. Right, right, right. Why would you not stay for the majority of the time you can for, for the the for four years? If that's your craft, if you're going to be an engineer, you stay at a school for four years. You don't stay for two and then say, oh, I got it. I got it. I'm ready. You, you, don't, you don't go to school for two years to be a psychologist. Say, oh, no, I got it. I mean, I understand you have to go for school after. You have to get your master's and everything like that. I understand. But hypothetically speaking, why would you not 
take the full amount of time that it takes to learn your craft before you jump out into the world. What do you do? Because the money's there, right? <clears throat> because that, that money's not real. That, that rookie contract in football and in the NBA, it's not real. Because if you're not good enough, that's going to be the last money you make. And I understand that these kids are thrown, they're, they're thrown, look at those dollar signs. They're like, yeah, I'm ready, let's go. Why would I wait? Why would I, why, why would I risk injury? Especially when that kid, that's his only passion. When you, he come from a certain place. When that's your only passion to go pro or anything, and the chance is right there in front of you, you, you're not going to wait for it. You're going to take that chance. You, you, you see, I get to play in the NBA, and I get to be play, paid millions. The problem I have with that is nobody show guys how to keep and hold on to millions. They just say, oh, yeah, you can come play. And they never learn the game. But make, sometimes there's not a lot of Kobe Bryants out there who can come into the league yeah, right now. There's always exceptions to the rule. <clears throat> that you're not sitting at the end of the bench. Plus, his dad already had money because he played in the he played overseas for many, many years. So he already had so him taking but the, the chance. Marketing, think about the marketing, how they how they market towards kids. The NFL market to kids is eighth grade now, tenth grade guys. Play sixty, get them out there and play. It's all NFL based and all kid based. So these kids one day will be expired to be in the NFL. I think one program helps another, another helps the other. Uh, college helps the pro, high school, these AAUs that we talk about, they help the collegiate level. Think about the marketing that's in front of them, especially if I'm already, you already got a, a mechanical, you already got a robot in me. You already got, you can just tell me, do this, do that. You already have that in me because all I want to do is play professional sport. So now it's right in my face and the marketing of it and then the, everything that comes around comes with that. Here's my chance now. Take it and leave. I, I wish kids would stay in school longer. But that benefits, that benefits them also but as much as the school. But I wish there was a program where we talked about this. And I, it's, I think it's going to come down to this right here. What I'm about to say next is if you want to keep kids in school longer athletically, uh, even though most of these kids are very smart, but they only see one thing that's in front of them, and that's the, the millions or the, athlete, or the professional sport afterwards. They don't see the professional job outside of the sports. The one thing you have to do is start to put money away from them in school, in college. So if they don't make pro and they choose to stay and they get hurt doing, the, doing that sport, then they have a little something that they can turn into. At least they're college level. They'll, they have a college degree. At least that'll be paid off through the scholarship. At least they can take that money. And they don't get this money. They don't get this money until they graduate or until they leave. Uh, but at least they have money. And we go back and forth. Everyone across the country, I would, believe, I would say, should these kids be paid? Why not they getting paid? Look how much money is being generated off these kids. Um, but it, it, it's a huge problem, and it, but I think it's easily solved. If they can't go to class, why should they get paid? If they don't go to class, they're not getting paid. If you're sitting on a college campus, if you're walking on a college campus, and I'm talking about athletes, I'm not talking about the general population. I understand. Because, because the general population don't, it, is, it doesn't apply it, to them. It doesn't apply because they, but they are easily use that benefit to say, well, that he's an athlete. Well, get a scholarship. Get a scholarship however you get a scholarship. If you want a scholarship at that university, if you walked on and got a scholarship, if you got straight A's in high school and you got a scholarship, then you are warranted some, some type of stipend to be on that college campus. If you're on that college campus and you're not going to class, you are not getting paid. The more time you miss from class, your job, if you don't come to work, 
There's no vacation days in, in collegiate level. If you don't come to work, you don't get paid. That's either way. That's anywhere in the world. Now, on the other side of that, you don't hear many stories about kids getting put on academic probation. So that means that they're going to class enough or the GPA standard is so low that you can make it, you know, regardless. You just go to class, you get C's on your test, and you, and you maintain your scholarship. Should the, should the standard for... GPA for scholarships to maintain your scholarship be raised. I think they've already raised that. They made it harder. What for is it? Kids. Two two point five. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. no, no. I'm serious. No, I mean, no, it used I'm to be like two zero, right? It used to be two. I was going to get to that. It used to be two zero coming out of high school, but then they did a lot of changing. And it's this is a you know we need a roundtable discussion for this type of conversation right here because it's it's more in depth than what what we talk. We talking on uh, the uh, athletic level. It used to be 2.0, then your GPA, then your, uh, what your GPA, your ACTs or your SATs mm-hmm. had to match that 2.0. So it went to 2.5 and it had to match those. Well, well no, but that, well, that's to get the scholarship. I'm talking th- about yes, maintaining yes. it in college. Yeah, once you, if you can do a 2.5 in college, I mean high school, you can do a 2.5 in college. If, if, that's the, if that's the maximum of your educational. But is that enough? That's not enough. But if that's, but I can't tell, so I can't, unless I can sit down with, Hundreds of thousands of, of people who who consistently made 2.5. I got to find out: Do they apply themselves? What do they do after they leave the class? Do they put 15 hours a week on that one class of studying? After that, outside of that class, do they? Um, what are they? How do they test? Are they a verbal tester? Are they? A, you know, do they? They can they test well? It, it will, a lot of things are coming in play, and I don't want to make all these stipulations. This is something everyone should know because I don't want to make this stipulation just for athletes. Although we, that's what we're talking about. No. Is it enough? 2.0? No, it's not enough. If you're just skating through and say, I got 2.0 to stay eligible, and I say that because I've had guys say to me, we're here to play football. And I thought they were playing until they were in summer school every year trying to be eligible for football. So I thought it was a joke. I've heard a lot of things uh, on, on college campuses as far as being eligible or, or why they're at that certain school. Should... The GPA to maintain a scholarship be the same at every college, and and I, and, and I'm not sure if it is. I'm you looking it up what? right now. I'm not sure if it is, but I'm sure Stanford. I'm, I'm picking on Stanford. That's the first one that came to my head. You and I. I'm sure Stanford's three point five. You and 3. I have 0. a cleaning business. Um, I think I clean my clothes better than you. If you want your clothes uh, a certain way, you go to Alex Cleaning Business. You want my, your clothes clean and spotless, you come to my business. <laughs> clean and spotless. Yeah, but you know what? That's what the that's what collegiate levels do. It's all ego. If you want to say. Uh, it should be a three-point-something at Stanford and a 2.8 at Kansas. It's all relevant. It's the, it, it depends. I think it should be, to answer your question, across the board, yes, because now you're getting um, the educators, you're getting the professors to hold these kids accountable everywhere across the board. So now these kids, is, well, I'm in school and it's hard. Well, I felt like I did learn something. I was put to the test as far as my learning. You, when you put to the grind and put to the test as far as you're learning, those things you don't forget. So across the board, find out who's, who's in your class. I know most professors, sometimes these lecture halls, you got 200 people in your class. And, yeah. and you just you take these tests online. Teachers got to have two assistants to grade them. But sometimes across the board, well, even across the board, I think it should be a standard everywhere. I don't know, 3.0, 3.5, I don't know. That's up to that university. No, I agree. I mean, it's, it's – and back to our initial topic here. The graduation rate, I think, for any specific year, I think that they're, they're talking 
a team scoring below a 920, 925 APR uh, can lose up to 10% of their scholarships. So and this is also over a four-year period, and they're penalizing per year and over the four-year period. So um, they're not saying that the GPAs are bad. They're saying that people aren't graduating. And with regards to this, they're not, I guess they're not doing anything wrong, you know, because they're not, because you're not requiring players to graduate. Bobby Knight used to uh, have a hundred percent graduation rate. He made a he made a point of that. Indiana and Texas Tech when he was there, because that reflects on them when they, these kids. He's are a gone. military guy. Yeah. That's what you do. You, you fulfill what you say you're going to fulfill. So I'm not sure what this means, but I do believe that this can only cause maturation issues and whatnot when you make your professional sport. If you, well, I mean, all these guys go to the go to the next level because obviously because they're not graduating. Make your next. Uh, be mature enough to play in the professional leagues without even graduating college. I don't see the I don't see the correlation there. So you're, you're not grown up yet if you don't fulfill your number one goal. In my opinion, your number one goal to at least get a good GPA for two years and then vow to come back or something like that. Sign a paper saying you're going to come back at some point. Shaq graduated. I mean, obviously it's a facade. Like I understand that once you make it to that level. It's, I don't know. Be, I don't know what it entailed. It entailed um, summer I went school. To, cl- I went here. I'm taking summer school classes. I just won a championship. It's kind of like, and I, I don't think it changed. I'm not saying this happened to Shaq, but I don't think it changed. Depending on who, depending on those that university, is an athletic university or is an edu- uh, academic university, uh, and we know the difference between the two. Depends on which university that is, who those, t- what that team, what sport is that. If it's a basketball school, it's a baseball school, a football school, I think some of the faculty buy into these kids or not coming to class or saying they had to travel and do that. I think they buy into, well, I'm going to give you a C only because you're on the basketball team. I think they buy into that. So when you say Shaq graduating, it's, it, it's not anything special that he went back and got it, that f- only for the fact that he has it. But how he got it, I can't really say um, that he went in there and put that work in. 1.8 cumulative at Stanford. I was wrong. By the beginning of your second year of college, I'm looking at the Stanford, uh, the Stanford Department of Athletic Student Hand- Athlete Handbook. You have to have a 1.7 or 1.9. 1. By the beginning of your second year of college, have completed you know, a certain amount of credits and maintained at least a 1.8 cumulative, cumulative GPA. Your second year, 27 units. By, by the beginning of your second uh-huh. year. And then, oh yeah, by the beginning of your third year, 1.9, which is 95% of Stanford's required 2.0. Now, because this is a tougher school, in theory... No, so you're making this, you justify it for them. Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, no, 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 I'm, I'm just asking a question. I'm not saying one way or the other. This is so much lower than I thought it was, that I thought it was going to be. Let me tell you why Ivy League schools were developed. Because the rich parents had dumb kids, so they developed. Oh, that's a right. That, that was your yeah. You told yeah, me that yesterday. The rich parents had dumb, right. dumb kids, so <coughs> wouldn't this make sense to you? You see a one point nine. You see Stanford. You're like Ivy League. Is that the same? It's as, not an Ivy League school. I, I know, but it's compared <laughs> to. And you say is that the same as Duke University? That's the same at Harvard, Cornell, Dartmouth, Brown. Is that I compare the same Duke as and school? Stanford together? But yeah, yeah. But it, these schools were created for the dumb rich parents' kids. So you put these Ivy League titles to them, which I don't even know what Ivy League, I don't even know what it means to even say it's an Ivy League school. Mm-hmm. It's another university somewhere else in another part of the state. I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, 
I just don't think I think that your idea of two things that, that could change college sports in general. I think your idea is great, which is which is we've talked about this before. Is you get paid to get good grades. You don't get paid to go to school. I mean, you don't get paid to play sports. And I think that could be a very interesting loophole uh-uh, in the don't. whole thing for because so boosters aren't paying you, so you're not you're not breaking the rules that are in place right now. But the school or you know it might come from the boosters, uh, but not directly. You get a stipend per. Uh, B, you get. You I get some money put. You get some money put in account for when you leave school. If you want an athletic scholarship, yes, I think you should get paid for playing uh, athlete, athletics. I understand, but step one also. But what was the first thing you ever said to me? We were at we were at Hank from Hank from uh, Tucson's place. Uh-huh. You said student athletes, student first, and you put up a number two, and athletes second, and you put up a number one. Right. That was the first conversation we ever had, and that's what it is. <laughs> so, in in for them to change that. If, if they're going to get paid for something, it's got to be school. It's got to be school because, yes, they're there for something else, but to reward them. I will, I will buy into that if the school is held accountable for, for the things they do also. I would be Such all, as I, what? Not taking uh, one of the things I just mentioned, not saying uh, this is a basketball school, so we want our kids eligible. This guy's a superstar. We're more concerned on how many national championships we have. Uh, so, yeah, you got to see. Uh, I know you've been on the road. If, if the faculty, if the administration, the chancellor, the dean, and all those people are held accountable, I'm, I'm all, I'm, put me on board. Tell me where I can help. I'm, I'm for that. But if it's not, and we just about winning the championships, or we about winning the uh, NCAAs, whether that be football, baseball, basketball, whatever you, whatever, what have you, I'm all for that. But everybody has to be on board with that. I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of. Of paying student athletes, and that's that's a don't ask, don't tell situation. Yeah. W- with with the fudging of grades, I mean, some people remember uh, Ever, uh, uh, what's his name, Golson from uh, Ever Golson from uh, the the freshman quarterback from Notre Dame. Yep, that was suspended for some sort of academic thing. I, I would assume it's cheating. Um, people do things. He had to, to, been, to he had have done something real bad to get, but he got to I, come back. He was suspended for a year. But from from football activity, but he, he's yeah. back now. He's back with the team now, so he must not have. I mean, he wasn't expelled, obviously. So, but I, there I thought th- he went somewhere else. Who just? I thought they left their quarterback. He went somewhere mm. else. And okay. Golson's back. Okay, he's back with Notre Dame. Um, I just don't know. I, I I mean, we could talk about this till we're, till we're blue in the face. I mean, there's there's so many things that could change about college sports, and you see slowly but surely all around the world of sports, things are changing, things are adapting. We're progressing as as a sports community, and I don't think that it's out of the realm of possibility that athletes will get paid for one reason or another when they're in college. But if you don't, if you can't even make it to class and get good grades, then why you don't you get, get paid? paid? You don't right. get paid, and that and that's the question that that, that I'll leave but you guys. You, you have to have you got to hold that guy accountable, right? Because not just the, the higher ups, the higher up. Because there's a guy who used to check out class. Tim Allen used to check out classes, and he was from he, home improvement. No, no. Oh. Tim Allen. He's with Michigan State now. He's, okay. he's, he's a top guy. I'm just curious. State. But he used to check out classes. He was the, he was responsible for athletes being in class. So he used to come on campus every day and check out classes. He was in there. Um, and if you wasn't in class, you had a, you had to deal with the head coach. You had a problem to deal with. You know, you wasn't playing. So you hold guys like that accountable, and those guys can't be paid off. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy, Kwame Lasseter in studio. We'll come back. We'll talk about the NCAA bracket a little more in depth. Last segment on the other side. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. We'll be back. Your 
internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now some of you might still be in that place. If you're trying to get out, just follow me. Welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy, Kwame Lasseter in studio. Remember, March 25th, Armadillo Grill on 19th and Camelback in Arcadia. I think that's Arcadia, right? Phoenix. Uh, 10 to 12 will be on location. Kwame, myself, Deborah, and I believe a couple couple special guests. So Kwame will finally get his roundtable that he's been hoping for. Mm, yeah, you know what? Actually, it will be a roundtable, but uh, we, we, we'll just... We'll knock off. We'll knock off each sport. We'll, we'll talk about it. You know, depending on it, it, sometimes we might be talking about basketball, and it goes into a whole lot of other things. But I, I, it'll be fun. I'm gonna solicit a few guys, you know, to come out and hang out. Do, Are we gonna do videotape it? You know what? Ryan Treasure may want to do some videotaping while he's working the ones and twos. So for he, Voice America TV. Yeah. Um. No. For. Yeah. No. Whatever they gonna do it for. We, we'll uh-huh. never see it. If it's video, we'll never see it. I did a video here. I haven't seen that thing yet. I'll make so sure to wear a suit. <laughs> uh, yeah, check, um, like our Facebook page, Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk, at Kwame Lasseter on Twitter, at Clancy's Corner for me. Um, do you think that they should shrink the field in the NCAA tournament? Absolutely. What is it now? 64? 64. Well, 64. it's 68. It's 68 with the play-ins. Yeah. 68 with no. the play-ins. There's four play-in <laughs> games. 64. So 64. 66. 68. 72. 72. 72. Wow. Yes, they should shrink the field. To what? The field, just a straight thirty-two. Straight. Uh, or they should should they give number one seeds buys? No, they should make. Here, here's the. Uh, let me think like a money hungry businessman. Okay. And I got control of both sports, the NCAA and the NIT. Okay. 
Yes, I'm strengthening to it's 64 right now. I'm strengthening to 32. I'm not going to have these guys playing all over the country. It's going to be different locations, kind of like the Super Bowl. It's going to be here or there. So I'm, all I'm of the a, games are going to be in one city? Yes. Uh, maybe two cities. It's 32. Maybe two cities. Okay. And we come together. Let's have a West Coast and an East Coast. We come together, let's say, Kansas. We come together in, in Kansas. Or we come together, like I said earlier, whether you're on the West Coast or East Coast, that don't matter. That's where the, that's where the two brackets are played. Then you um, either going to have a the a super the um, championship game anywhere in the country anywhere in the country uh, that way different cities and states get to b- benefit from that uh, yeah thirty two teams and then I take the rest and do the same thing with the NIT that's way every that way now with the sixty four that they playing all over the country in different places where they can get some of those same teams you mean you will get some of the top looking teams. And the NIT, and you still get the benefit from them. Yeah, but the NIT doesn't mean anything. Well, it's, it's kids getting the opportunity to play. If it didn't mean anything, I don't know why they would play it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, with regards to Money. national championship aspirations, nobody's but, looking to get to the NIT. NIT champions. There's a lot of NIT champions. They just got kicked yeah. out of there, who was probably good. North Carolina was NIT champ before. And they was they, okay. Yeah, but they was good. So it means something. They got these kids to keep keep. Playing. I got most improved player in ninth grade. <laughs> it doesn't that that it doesn't matter. You like Gaylord Fokker. What? Gaylord. Fokker. Greg Fokker. Greg Fokker. Why? Gaylord. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Purple ribbons. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. They, I didn't know they make night plays for rhythm. Yeah. Um. I. I mean, I completely disagree. Uh, I think that. <laughs> Who part that? Uh, well, you no, like no, Gaylord or no, the no, the sixty-four the teams. Thank you. Um. <laughs> they um. I'm surprised they haven't moved it to 128, and and the only reason why they do that is for Vegas. You say 128? Yeah, they were talking. They were teams? talking about doubling it. They were talking about or 118, whatever it is, 108 teams. Then everybody would get to play. I understand. Now the reason why they would do that is for Vegas because you'd make so much money in Vegas. Vegas would make so much money doing that. The reason why I keep it at 64 is because big big schools like Syracuse and Kentucky and. You know, Duke and whatever, Kansas, Arizona, they only have a certain amount of scholarships every year. There are more good players on this planet than there are scholarships in big schools. So school, players might have to go to St. Louis. Players might have to go to Butler or Creighton or teams like that and, and shine. Look at Doug McDermott and shine, and they make it into the tournament. Just because they don't, they're not the top 0.1% of players, and maybe some of them are, but they're just chosen over by I don't know kids that are in state, you know kids that kids that uh, whose whose family went there or things like that. You give these kids the chance to shine on the big stage of the NCAA tournament, and it allows the little guy to rise up. Cinderella teams are what make the tournament. The bracket is probably the most exciting three weeks. In sports every year. I mean, probably tied with the NFL playoffs, depending on who you are. Well, Because these are kids. It these gives. are kids that are under the, the greatest level of pressure of their lives it, with regards to sports. On the biggest stage, there's so much money on the line. There's so much school pride on the line. There's history on the line. I, so I why get, would you shrink that? I, I shrink it, it. Cinderella, I don't think Cinderella schools make the tournament. I think it's Which, fun to watch. I don't Which think State made the Final Four. That don't it's make not, the tournament, though. It's Cinderella team isn't one until it, you make the Sweet 16. That's relevant. It depends on if you like those Cinderella teams, and I don't. I want to see the big schools be in there and, and, get knock, and knock each other off. That's the big just, schools that's, stink this year. 
what, Syracuse stinks this year. Syracuse Duke not stinks stink. this year. You talking about teams who had the number one ranking this year? Michigan State had it. Duke has eight you losses. Say Michigan, seven losses. You won't say Kansas has nine. Yeah, I know, and it's you, crazy that they're you two. You won't seed. say Michigan State stinks because Michigan State opened up season number one, and now they got five of their team. They got four of their five healthiest guys back yeah. and a favorite to win the NCAA. Yeah. So you can't say they stink. And I don't think the— I didn't say Michigan I, I don't State th- stinks. No, I'm just saying the big schools. That's a big school. I'm not saying that I, I, I don't agree with the Cinderella teams make the tournament. I think they they fun and they benefit from getting in. And we like to say, well, why don't you— you made the tournament so many times. Creighton was those others. Drexler, you make those tournaments. Butler was a big Butler, one. Made it to Butler, championship back uh, to back. VCU. Oh, why don't y'all become Division One now? Because you consistently make these. But they got those programs and those conferences. They got to play their way in. They just happen to be the best at their school. And when they get in, the big schools that we know of take them for granted, how did, and they get knocked off. How did Florida get big? How did Michigan get big? How Florida, did Michigan State Florida's get big? Division Listen, One program. Did, so how did, all how these did schools are Division One programs. No, they're not. Not these basketball they're not. schools. They're not. No, these basketball schools. Virginia State, Virginia VSU. Virginia State is Vir- not a divi- is Division One as far as what? Because there's Virginia some, State? Yeah, Virginia State. I'm saying all these programs. Because Virginia State can get in if they win their conference. If they win an outright, if they win an outright bid, they can get into the NCAA. And you tell them that's Division One. They're school? all Division One schools. What are you talking you, there's about? There's no huh? Division Two schools in that's the NCAA no, tournament. Okay, Division One. When you talk about the sport, there's some universities that have a Division One baseball. Yeah, I, or under, Division no, two, I understand what you're saying. Or Division Two. I understand football. There's no Division Two basketball schools in but this. But these conf- basketball schools, these Division One schools. You're saying they may as well be. They might as well be Division okay. One, Division One Double A, Division Two, which okay. they don't have anymore. Double uh, A school, Division One Double A. Florida is a great <laughs> example because we have three minutes to close, and I want to get this out. Florida. It's a great example because they were never relevant, but once you start winning, you start winning, you get a good coach, you get one good player, it sparks you. That's how all of these big schools started. Granted, it was 40 years ago, 50 years ago, but this is how it started. What do you Why, want them to do? Who are start? you to say that you cut these kids' dreams out? Like, like Butler's a great example. They were out of nowhere, and then they made the championship twice, and now they're a school that nobody wants to play. Cut these dreams out, okay? <laughs> well, it's the same thing I say with football when when Boise State about, could go, when Boise State can get in. I'm 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 all they lost the game at I'm the not, end of the year. That I was don't their care. fault. But the whole conversation all year was about they can't get in because they playing these guys. You talking about cutting kids' dreams out? I'm all for kids' dreams. When you talking about add more tournaments, then then go ahead and saturate it. Then what's the how much fun is it going to be to watch the 64 teams? That's already there, and we're doing it for some Vegas uh, odds, so, so they can make a lot of I'm money. I'm not saying they gener- that they, they should, generate, that they should but that's double what it. happens. What? That's what happens. They were talking about doubling. It. Right. They were talking about taking. You're saying order. shut it down to just the big schools. I'm saying if you want to mark, I, I said let me think as a, a money hungry businessman who can control what, what both programs. Think? I think it should be shut down to 30, 32, and and put it on the east and west coast. I think it should. The NIT should mean more, and and put those guys into it, and then maybe you see what happens with that. They always change things to make more money. They never change things to, to narrow it down. So the importance of it, more is not always less. I mean, more is not always greater. More is not always great. But these programs, these programs and who gets in and what makes the program, I don't think a Cinderella team makes a program. I think it's good that they got in. 
I think it was great VCU got as far as they did. I think Butler was great that they, they did what they Wichita did. Wichita State last year. And we'll Wichita see. State. So is Wichita State, if, if they make it to the Final Four again, are they still a small school? Wichita State? Yeah. Wichita State is a baseball school and a basketball okay. school. So well, well, they, have no they choice, weren't a basketball they, school they until last year, and then they made the Final Four. No, this no, is how no. teams make splashes. But Wichita State's been in it before. Wichita State, yeah, yeah, but they Wichita, haven't yeah. made splat. Nobody knew who they were until last year. That's not true at all. If you now, if you watch basketball, you know who Wichita State is. Okay, who they was made Cre- the tournament? Creighton, Creighton was the team because Creighton was in that conference, right? Creighton was the team that played Wichita State and always knocked them off. But it came down to those two teams. Before last year, Wichita State was relevant, but they were they were playing in NIT. I'm saying now people will want to go to Wichita State. That's all I'm saying, and they never wanted to before That's as a first true. option. That's not comparatively oh, first speaking, option? yeah. Uh, we got to go, damn it, um, <laughs> Thursday morning, 10 a.m., 9 a.m., Arizona time. Or Yeah, we're going to talk about this more. March 25th, Armadillo's Grill. Yeah, be there. 19th and Camelback. 19th Street and Camelback. Alex Clancy, Kwame Lasseter in studio. We will see you guys Thursday. Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.